Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again, again to another episode of O'Donnell for Liberty. As always, I'm Justin O'Donnell, your host and proprietor here. And I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to this delayed and rescheduled show we were supposed to do Wednesday. But the Boston Red Sox, one of the bittersweet relationships in my life, because when they're good, they abuse you. And when they suck, they expect you to still love them, had a rain delay. And I had tickets to the night before, so... Our guest today was super, super cool and rescheduled with us on last minute notice. Um, first thing, shout out. Remember, always go check out our sponsored merch and our featured Liberty swag over at snackswagstore.com. Snackswag.com. Uh, Want to talk about the shirt I'm wearing today? My favorite on the site, the Drop Acid, not Bombs. Everybody knows a good trip makes a better person. So um, with that, I just want to give a big shout out uh, and welcome to today's guest, uh, one of my favorite meme, meme lords on the Twitter, uh, Liberty Memes Galore, one great graphic design artist and uh, up and comer in the Liberty Movement, ancillary, not necessarily with the Libertarian Party, but doing a lot of work with people who are promoting and branding Liberty. Give a welcome to Top Lobster. How's it going, bud? Hey, what's up, Justin? Nice to be here with you, man. So I like that. I like that design, bro. I didn't. I didn't see that. I, <laughs> I snooped through your store real quick. I was like, did you did you make that yourself? You drew that. Yeah, and it took way longer than I'm willing to admit to somebody I'm trying to impress. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, most of the designs on the site I've done myself. Most are real simple. I like to keep stuff real simple and streamlined. This one was, uh, well, it was inspired. If you catch my drift. So. <laughs> by experience, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but I, I mean, that brings us to a point. I, I do do some graphic design work. It's a hobby of mine, uh, something I've never really wanted to do with a profession. It's something you've been doing to help promote the Liberty movement, not just with memes, but doing branding for uh, different shows, podcasts, uh, up and coming media personalities and leaders within the Liberty movement do like kind of help give a uh, identity to the brand of Liberty in the modern digital age. And it's been really great work, really consistent work, which is something you don't see nowadays, especially in such a low budget ad hoc movement like we have here. Um, what, what's your background? Do you, I, I know you're up, you're a contender for top trucker in the Liberty movement. But... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> where's, where's Reed at? Yeah. I... <laughs> Well, my, my background is, uh, I suppose my work background is just general construction. I, uh, I used to build railroads before that I built houses. Uh, now, now I moved into doing like heavy trucking. So I, I'd rather, it's a lot easier to move the material than to, you know, be handling it, you know, picking it up and, and swinging a hammer. Right. So that's what I'm doing now. So that's like a, I guess it's a very physical aspect of what I do. And then, uh, on, on the other side, uh, I have, you know, my art. So I'm, I'm also like a musician and an artist, and I've been doing both of those things my whole life. And uh, I kind of just fell ass backward into this, and uh, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's incredibly important, and art isn't really something that libertarians of the liberty movement really uh, appreciates, the full grasp of the effect of art and what art can do. Um, when, when you talk about art and graphic design to most libertarians, they don't think much farther than the campaign signs I have on the wall behind me. Mm. Uh, to them, that's all a graphic designer is for, is for your logos and your campaign signs. And they don't understand that the, the impact that, cult, that art has on culture and I, I'm a huge proponent of the idea that politics is downstream from culture. If we're ever going to see true political change, we need to affect cultural change first. Mm. Um, very, very right wing of you, Mr. Breitbart. But 
well, you're right. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, to that point, it, it, I don't. It's funny that it's the right wing idea to say that politics <laughs> is downstream from culture, uh, because one of the right's rallying cries is "left can't meme," um, but the right's losing the culture war. Right. Yeah. You, that's that's an interesting one, right? You, you know, lately it has, I guess, since uh, since Trump, maybe 2017 and going on with Well, basically, he got memed into office. And I feel like the right has been making a push toward culture in that sense. But the left has uh, the left has all these institutions kind of cornered already. So, you know, it, it's it's hard to get a foothold in with. But yeah. All right. Now, uh, comment from the YouTube. Southern wants to know. I mean, as, as I always do, anytime I talk to another artist, anytime I talk to somebody who works in art, what were your inspirations? Like, what artists kind of inspire you? Um, was it any particular genre of art, anything that fascinated you when you were younger and got you down this road? You do have a very unique style in your illustration and the work that you do do um, as far as the branding and stuff you do for Josh Smith and other podcasts. Um, but, like, your shirt designs are kind of more typical uh what you see on graphic tees is there anything that really like defines your style or a favorite artist that's really inspired you to your style um i i was initially inspired by like a classical roman art so the human body things like that sculpture i do i do a lot of sculpture i actually have my 3d printer over here for you know just for sculpting reasons which um uh, hopefully you guys will be seeing soon uh so yeah, Roman art, and then and then you know, as a young kid, I was I was really into anime, which I think most people, <laughs> yeah. So a lot we of we don't my, want to admit it. We don't want to admit it. Mostly hentai, you know. So, <laughs> but I I was always fascinated with the human body and uh, and 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 I guess musculature, and also like uh, the way the way maybe like skin would fall depending on how it goes, and, and the hands. There's so much detail in that. So I, I draw a lot of my inspiration from. I guess I'd say from from Roman art, but then there's new people and that that I've been looking at, like uh, one of my good friends. He's a uh, his name is Dane. He's a street artist, and now he does like this kind of like art deco pop stuff that he incorporates portraits and all kinds of like colors and it's so uh, yeah. I guess a little bit of everywhere, but uh, definitely the human body. Most of my my favorite pieces that that I put out will involve a person of some sort, a portrait. Because I feel like that's where I shine the strongest. I mean, for me, it's kind of weird. Like the, the kind of stuff I do in my spare time versus the kind of stuff I do for T-shirts is wildly different. I do a lot of pencil work in spare time, just sketching around uh, and a lot of portraiture. Um, in like the inspirations, people I look at, uh, the artists I grew up with all came from like a single space, but multiple different styles. I grew up playing Magic the Gathering <laughs> and a, a trading card game, most well known for the art on its cards. And it was artists like Therese Nielsen, Noah Bradley, John Avon, Christopher Rush, um, who a wide range of styles like uh, John Avon's known for his landscapes. Therese Nielsen's known for her portraits and her bodywork and doing that kind of stuff. And uh are you are you familiar with Ryan Otley? He's a he's a he's a comic for he he used to draw for Robert Kirkman on his uh, his his book Invincible. I don't know if you've read that series. No, I, so, weirdly enough, comics aren't something I ever really got into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, I, I read I read Marvel and DC comics because I had to keep up with the storylines for conversation at school, not because I actually enjoyed them, and it, it was a weird dynamic. Um, but like playing magic and just being exposed to like that level of artwork and especially the work of Therese Nielsen. She's an artist I've been following for 20 years at this point. Um, and she was recently canceled 
We'll get oh. into that in a bit, but like join the club. Cancel culture <laughs> is finally affecting the fine arts. Um, all because she liked a tweet, not because of anything she said, because she liked somebody else's tweet. She got canceled and fired from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, <laughs> um, but like it, it, it's interesting to see. So like your inspirations, clearly, like the work you've been doing for Josh and Break the Cycle and a lot of the uh, memes and stuff you've been putting out is like clearly has a feel of a street art kind of a style, almost a graffiti type of a style. Um, so if you're drawing inspiration from street artists like that, that's uh, very evident. Uh, but again, like street art, especially is historically political. Mm, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Th- there, there's not much that's not political or activism within street art, within graffiti. It's sim- simple tags, people marking territory and gangs. It, it all comes down to, a reflection of the local culture and a reflection of political sentiment in the area. Um, even the most famous street artist out there, Banksy, nobody knows who the hell he is. Everything he does is some kind of political statement, including shredding his own artwork after auction. Yeah, and it's it, it is usually it usually has a left wing tinge because they kind of dominate that culture. I I, I know who Banksy is, but <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, I'm I'm from Brooklyn, so I like you know driving up any street, you'll see yeah. like some really crappy graffiti to some really good pieces up on the wall, and yeah, a lot of it does have this. Uh, it's it's not. It doesn't matter if it's left wing. It the message like now now that I'm kind of well schooled in Austrian economics or just uh, graffiti. Yes, exactly. <laughs> original means. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now that I now that I kind of understand more after reading a little bit more, being introduced to these these ideas, you realize how misled or kind of kind of vain or empty these ideas that that some of these artists are portraying on these walls are. Art's great, but I think the message is garbage, and it's and it sways people. It tells look look at the look at society, look at culture today. They're listening to it. Well, oh, how how much of like modern art culture and modern art politics is you think is driven by the art education system <laughs> like we have kids going into debt hundreds of thousands of dollars for art degrees um who let's be honest art really doesn't pay anymore unless you're in it for money laundering or like modern art is part <laughs> of the fucking racket you're, you're not paying off those loans with art so like the starving artist mentality is driving a lot of people towards well, like I pursued what I was good at and it's not paying. So bail me out. Yeah, that that isn't. Yeah, unless you're like you said, Hunter Biden or maybe maybe if you're George Bush, you're, you get into painting and you're, you know, after years. It, it is it is interesting because, yeah, these people are they're kind of struggling and poor and going through it. I think the mentality and the mindset maybe from public education is telling them that, uh, you know, just the common stuff like you're oppressed, uh, the, the man is holding you down. And in a sense, they're they're right, but they're misguided and and not looking clearly at the target. Ima- imagine if ima- <laughs> imagine if all these these retards from New York. Sorry, uh, whatever. You know, the, these now we're getting young- canceled and demonetized. All right. <laughs> I'm getting get- I said it. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, but imagine, you know, these kids, they, they come right out, of, right out of college and they want to make a statement with their art. And a lot of them are super talented, like better than me. But their education, their past education is just uh, misleading. So wh- what if we what if we directed them at the Federal Reserve or something? The artwork <laughs> that would come out of that, right? Right. It would be no, tremendous. But I do kind of empathize with them. I mean, you grow up as a kid and everyone's telling you, what do you want to be? You can be anything. You can do anything. And then like, it comes to the point, well, focus what you're good at, find your niche and do what you're good at. 
what I'm good at and what I'm passionate at is photography, doing landscape and portraiture photography and crowd work with photography. When I tried to look into, okay, can I do this for money? Can I do this as a career? Uh, and I reevaluated every few years. I go back to it. I'm like, well, I have the free time. Maybe I can start doing this again. Maybe I can. It's no. In order to make money as a photographer, I have to do stuff I hate. Headshots and family portraits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no photographer wants to do headshots and family portraits. I have a, I have a piece that I minted as an NFT a while back. Um, let me see if it's still available. I'm going to find it, but uh, it, like yeah. this passionate, like art stuff that I want to do. It's the, the NFT space is changing how artists can get paid. But again, there's no actual value there. You're, <laughs> yeah. That's doing... a, for, for my artwork, people are like, Oh, you should do NFTs. But I'm like, I'm targeting libertarians who understand monetary <laughs> policy. Like you <laughs> don't think, I don't think they're going to go for this, you know, relatively <laughs> worthless thing. I saw an artist that I follow, a, a modern artist I follow, Ali Spagnolo, put together an NFT, which was literally she just every painting she did for a few years, she took a picture of and made a collage of them, and it sold for like forty thousand dollars. Amazing! Hey, I'm not I'm not hating on him, man. Do you, do no, you I'm think? Not, <laughs> I'm not hating on it, but like it blows my mind sometimes because like the value behind an NFT is like you're just buying a string of numbers and letters that points to a hosted image file that you hope somebody is going to continue to host. Yeah. So my, my question with, with it would be, cause I was like, I, I could make an NFT of like something like this, but then would, would that disqualify me from selling out a shirt? I, I have no idea. So I, I just haven't really bothered with it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an it's imaginary impossible. thing. I mean, here's the thing. I'm an anarchist. I don't believe in intellectual property really weird yeah. for somebody with an art background. I don't believe in intellectual property. I have a published book and I publish art and I don't believe in intellectual property. How the hell, how am I ever supposed to get paid from it? <laughs> I actually, I got, I got lectured by Stefan Kinsella the other day about, about this. I, <laughs> I asked him because, you know, th these people are disrespectful, man. Like sometimes, uh, uh, this, my, my friend on Twitter, he posted a shirt of Ron Paul and he was like, Oh, this is great. This guy, Ben Heckman. And uh, right underneath it, my comment, I said, hey, thanks for the shout out. Right underneath it is some knockoff of the same shirt. And I said, fucking amazing. They just like, <laughs> it, they did, they just like copy pasted it, sold it. So I'm like, there's got to be. But then, you know, the anarchist in me is like, nah, you got to let you got to let it be. So I just uh, just defamed them, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. You pulled up yeah. that NFT? <laughs> I'm pulling it up. I'm finding it. It's okay, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and I thought this one was going to be hilarious to mint, so. Uh, as a joke, and it sold for way more than I was anticipating it selling for. But and that's the funny thing. I sold it, and I can still like access it. Um, oh, nice. Which is like simple stuff like that. Just like grab all my gold, throw it in a pile, and take a picture. Uh, but that took like five and a half hours of fucking around with lightings and backgrounds to make it perfect. And what what I ended up with out of that was uh, this out of like 80 different pictures I took with varying lighting schemes before I found one I liked. There's a wow. lot of work that goes into photography. Um, and, and doing it as a passion isn't really something that is going to pay. So that's, that's, that's not silver. That's gold. It's just black and white. Uh, there's a gold, there's a silver and two coppers. Oh, oh, that's one man. I got to get a free state project, some free state project bullion. That's that's dope, man. Those copper ones, the free state project copper ones are great. I don't, I haven't seen one in a while. It was handed to me years ago for volunteering at an event. Um, nice. Let me see what else I've been to this NFT just because I thought that'd be funny uh, if I can find my collection on here. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So a lot of people post a lot of nonsense. 
Like that's the best part. It's like a lot of NFTs are worthless. Like, yeah. Um, no, I did some graphic paint, uh, graphic paintings as NFTs sold for no fucking reason. Um, this is one of my favorites. Like, oh shit, nice. <laughs> that's not that's that, that's not a family portrait. That's not a headshot. That's a little kid who tried to push me into traffic after I took his picture. Oh shit! Wow. So, uh, hey, you got to monetize your haters, man. Absolutely. Or <laughs> getting people standing up to power. Like I like going where the action is. Action photography, but that shit just doesn't pay unless you're willing to work for the media. And uh, working for the media is. Well, I mean, I don't know what's worse, working for the media or working for the government. What's the difference? <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I got stuck in that kind of, uh, in that kind of loophole also because when I, when I first started doing the digital art stuff and and print on demand for shirts and whatnot, uh, I was like, uh, you know, I have to target like a niche audience. So you do Father's Day, Mother's Day, and and like you said, it's like taking headshots or family portraits. It's just right. Yeah, it's meaningless. So, like, if, if I'm going to do something that's extracurricular, that is not my job, you know, I'd like to monetize it, but I want to I want to do what I want to do. So I decided I'm not doing anything unless I really like it, you know? Right. And that's the way I've looked at, like, all the things I've done with activism, the podcast, the store, my book, any income that it brings in is supplemental. It's nice. It makes it easier to accommodate the time without burning out and supplement other things. But, like going down this road i had to be secure in my other sources of income i had to make sure my bills are paid before i do work i have to make sure that my fridge is full my electricity is paid and my rent is paid before i work on anything for that month um and that does hamper a little bit it hampers creativity because sometimes it's like oh he's a great idea uh, no i gotta get paid this week like yeah. i don't have the time i don't have the time to jump into that um this past year has been a little bit weird and a little bit different was everything's been shut down. It's like work's been full remote the whole time. So I've been at home where it's like in between clients, it's like, oh, let's just fuck around, <laughs> but I'm not in an office and it, it still gets to stuff. Um, when it comes to like, I'm writing another book, how am I going to publish another book? I don't really want to publish it because again, I don't want to charge for it. I don't believe in the intellectual property. I don't want to do the library of Congress, ISBN and copyright on it. That's, Doing art, writing is a form of art to me, and then letting the government dictate the rules about who can share that art, it kind yeah. of takes it away from me. Um, and, and to your point about arguing with Stephen Kinsella. Uh, no, I didn't argue. He, he uh, just told <laughs> told you off? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is the heavyweight. Like Nobody's going to tell him he's wrong. He, he, he's definitely the subject matter expert when it comes to stuff like IP, uh, but he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> it's it seems like that, but I, you know, the, when I stepped away and, and I thought about it, I think ultimately he's he's correct. You know, in in the end of the day, if if you want to make a law or whatever, it's always you know how it's going to be enforced. So right. you have to decide if you want to go there. And yeah, I joked with him at Porkfest. I'm like, listen, I'm going to collect all of your essays against intellectual property, <laughs> and I'm going to put them in a book together, and I'm going to publish it. And just put organized by me and sell it online. Go ahead, sue me for the proceeds. You'll destroy your entire life's work by doing it. <laughs> He'd tell you to do it too. Yeah, that's what he think. He's like, go ahead and do it. I'm like, fine, I will. I haven't yeah. followed through yet because it's not as fun when he's not upset about it. Well, you know, uh, one of my one of my main inspirations, or not not in art, but just listening to in general, is a. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about him, Hotep Jesus. 
whatever he says culturally, put that aside or however you feel about him. But uh, when he when he's talking about branding, you should listen because the man is an absolute genius. So he he had said a couple of things early on about branding, and I think that's what will get you. You know, if you if you want to if you want to do your photography, people are people might you know you you're taking beautiful pictures of stuff, but you have to tie your name to something right. and make it something that people remember. So whether it be Justin O'Donnell or Top Lobster or what whatever it is, you have to make people remember that. And then anything you tag along with it, it'll may, maybe it'll sell. But it's also hard for people to steal from you because if someone if someone right now steals one of my pieces, like. They a couple. They do it all the time. That like these Chinese companies, they take it, they reprint it, and they sell it. And someone will tag me, and they'll be like, "Hey, you know, screw this guy," because I'm I'm branded. Like I don't even have to have a logo on it, but people recognize. So that's very important. I think you know we need to start doing more of that, artists or whatever. Hey, I, it 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 kind of annoys me. I had the realization today: all my art, everything I've published, the book I've written, uh, running for office a few times, uh, statewide ticket. I've been on. I've done a bunch of televised interviews about politics. I get, I've given speeches in front of a hundred, two hundred thousand people in Boston. And the thing I am most well known for is a fucking tweet about a meme. <laughs> and I get people that recognize me. It's like, hey, you're the guy from the tweet because I had it like a month and a half ago. I put out a tweet that just said the last meme on your phone is why Facebook thinks you're an extremist. And <laughs> I never thought that that'd be the meme that went viral. I never thought that that'd be the meme that's seen by tens of millions of people. And I get my inbox on Facebook flooded every day with people like, is this you? Is this you resending it to me? I'm like, that's what you guys fucking know me for. Oh my like, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I tasted that a little bit. I did a stupid Joe Rogan meme and there was like 10,000 <laughs> likes or something, but nothing like that. And it, it it's weird, right? That's a that's a weird one. Yeah, no the 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 tweet itself had forty million impressions. I had over three million notifications from comments and retweets. Wow! Um, and then somebody sent me something earlier today, a link to a Facebook page that has eighteen million <laughs> likes on it, <laughs> and I'm like, and it was just a screenshot of my tweet. And like, I wasn't even mad that they stole it from me. That they, they kept my name and my handle in it. It's just uh they screenshotted it in light mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, I, I got un, like, unhinged about like standing for dark mode. Aesthetics matter. And I cannot yeah. stand when people screenshot tweets in light mode. And it is true. I don't even know who uses, who uses Twitter in light mode. You got to be a psychopath. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is, you got to understand when you're on, when you're on Twitter, you're in the sewer. You're in the dumpster, man. Put that on dark mode. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is the absolute dredge of the internet. It's just like one step up from 4chan and Reddit. Yeah, yeah. But that's where I spend most of my day. Right there, right there in the taint of the internet, you know? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you get down to it. It's the dredge of the internet. Twitter and Facebook are absolute cesspools. They are bad for humanity. Um, but like at the same time, they're absolutely fantastic for liberty in my opinion hmm. um like you have uh this kind of platform that's never existed in history that connects everyone in the world uh we connected via twitter we've never met each other in real life we connected via twitter uh through mutual friends that we both have met but and well we might have walked by each other at pork <laughs> fest who knows? Probably. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this was inspired at Porkfest, so. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> uh, uh, 
it, it, it doesn't uh, – I see the movement of libertarians and even like largely people on the right doing the walk away. We're walking away from social media, walking away from Facebook, walking away from Twitter, going to these new decentralized platforms, Odyssey or Minds or MeWe or whatever. And I go and check out these other platforms, and they're just echo chambers. It's just a bunch of libertarians – and moderate conservatarians just yelling at each other in the ether, not changing anyone's mind. And what it's doing is we're seeing people who, instead of like fighting the culture war, instead of embracing the platforms and the tools that have been given to them by modern technology and standing up in the public square, because let's be honest, Facebook and Twitter are the public square. Uh, that's what they are today. It's where most information is shared. It's where most information is gathered. It's where most opinions are formed based on public debate is on Facebook and Twitter. People don't have discussions at the coffee shop anymore. People aren't having discussions at the town library or at town meetings. Everything's settled and decided on Facebook and at the uh, and on Twitter before any ballots cast, before any questions officially asked. So to see libertarians and people on the right just kind of trying to convince everyone we should walk away from that, as much of a cesspool as it is, and as much as it has dumbed down humanity, all of the art, all of the work, all of the memes, and all of the culture that we can bring to the table is for nothing if we're not sharing it with people who don't already agree with us. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree completely. You know, in, in a way, my my Twitter experience is curated so that uh, so that I don't. Well, I do interact with with a lot of different people, mm-hmm. but it's it's curated in a way for me to enjoy it. My Facebook, on the other <laughs> hand, it's it, yeah. You know, I, I felt like Facebook should be more family friendly because that's, you know, family and friends are on there. And I am just I'm very abrasive on there because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a complete asshole because those are the people who need to I know them personally and I know what they think. So they need to hear my right. message on on Twitter. You know, I don't know if someone's trolling and you have the character limit. It's good for pictures and stuff and like short interactions. So I keep it friendly on there. Like I don't I'm not going after you. But yeah, I think yeah, Facebook. Facebook is definitely one of those. uh one of those that I I try to not stay on too much because I will I will fight you <laughs> on Facebook. You know, yeah. it, it, it's terrible. I, I at one point had my Facebook friends list up to five thousand people. It was the cap and the max. I'm like, oh, I got to delete some people to make room for new people. Who don't I interact with? And then I started going through it one night, and I'm like, oh, I fucking hate this person. Oh, fuck them. Oh, they're gone. <laughs> fuck them. Who the hell is this? I've never got through it in like six hours. I sat there for six hours just deleting people. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Who the fuck is this? Oh, fuck it. Bye. And it got <laughs> to the point where if I couldn't remember where I met someone and talked to them in person, they got deleted. And like I, my 5,000 Facebook friends at the end of the day, I'm like, cool, sweet. How many are left? I'm like 307? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but then like I, I popped it on and it was like, Holy shit, I went from having my Facebook news feed just libertarian, 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 libertarian to all over the political spectrum. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't limiting it to just people on the internet. It was family, friends, yeah. people I knew in real life, uh, my neighbors. And it's like, oh, people do disagree with me. Look at that. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it, the disagreement isn't, isn't as aggravating to me. It's just like it's what they're posting. It's like, you really, you really believe this shit? 
Like you're 60 years old and you, you're still, I don't know, consuming mainstream media talking points and spouting them on Facebook word for word. It's like I had, I had, I had a modicum of respect for this, a lot of these people before, but now I'm kind of, that's, I think that's a, that's also why I stay off of there because it's like every, every time I log on, scroll through, I'm like, I'm just losing respect for people I know. And it, it's I, every, every so often I'll do, I don't use my Facebook as like a, like a family thing or like what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just post memes, like the most abrasive memes that I can find. And cause they, these are the people who need to see it. You need to scrape them up a little bit. And uh, every so often I'll post a picture of my kids and, and they'll, they'll get a hundred likes or something. And I'll post a crazy meme and it's like the same six people. But I'm like, I know you motherfuckers are seeing all the stuff I'm saying. So that's, <laughs> that's good enough for me. As long as I'm, you know, pushing the envelope and letting people, letting people know, making them think a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I, I kind of took the approach of once I realized, like once family started deleting me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm really pushing buttons here. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I have an aunt who lives in Florida. She's a school teacher at this uh, school in Florida called Parkland. Oh. And uh, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, uh, she she me and her got into it hard one day, and she was like ranting about demanding gun control and a guns bad, guns kill people. And I'm like, no, they don't. Like you're fucking stupid. Go back to teaching English. Like shut the fuck up. And she's like, you don't know what I went through. And my response was like, being the victim of a tragedy doesn't make you a public policy expert. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> like, and that was the end of it. And and. Mm. All right. All of a sudden, my aunt doesn't talk to me. Great. Oh, well, yeah. moving on. Um, I, I got enough other ones. Uh, and I've had cousins like reach out to me and text me like, yeah, Liz is a bitch. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but like moving on, it, it's, it, it's important that we do use these platforms because um, you mentioned like people who are really good at branding, branding your idea, branding your ideas, branding your uh, marketing, branding your messaging, branding yourself. None of that's worth shit if you can't share it. Mm. Yes. And if we're not embracing the tools that we have, the tools that are given to us, again, there's the, we, we'll have the tweet apocalypse. You'll have the Facebook bannings. I've never been banned. I don't know how. Um, I've never been sucked. I've never been banned on Twitter. I've never been suspended. They gave me a blue check mark on Twitter. I don't know how these things happen. Um, <laughs> very suspicious i don't know (laughs) uh i i remember uh on january 6th the day of the capitol right i was sitting in a basement in a undisclosed location in manchester new hampshire with a few friends and uh watching the tv like oh this is fucking wild and then somebody like oh my god trump just got banned from twitter i'm like for what he told everyone to go home and that he loves them I'm like bullshit. <laughs> and like as I go see it, it says Donald Trump has been suspended for violating Twitter's policies. And I like, go and find the fucking tweet, find the video, and it was literally everybody go home. I love you. Uh, this is I remember that. Yeah, we're all good. And I'm like that got him banned from Twitter. What the fuck? Like all the shit he did do, and that's what they banned him for. All right, where's <laughs> the line? I'm like, I gotta find where the line is. So I just pop on Twitter. I'm like, burn it to the fucking ground. Take hostages. Congressmen are your enemies. And like doing shit like this, I'm like, uh, I'm like, the the rioters in the Capitol are true American patriots and heroes. <laughs> Take no prisoners. Like shit like that. And then somebody responded to me. They're like, you're on fire today. I retweeted it with, unfortunately, the Capitol isn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
I didn't get banned. I got a blue check mark out of it. Like, yeah. You know, my if you look at my Twitter now, it's top lobster underscore because this is the second iteration. And I don't quite remember what I did last time, but I think I was going after somebody. I was going after someone personally. I think it's it's just personal attacks. If you piss somebody off personally, then they're going to report you. So if if see you are in an echo chamber in Twitter, you might not know it because if there were some yeah, left wing people that they would get mad about that they didn't they didn't catch your tweets, they, they would report you. It. I kept getting notifications from Twitter that my tweets were being reported. Oh, really? And they were just like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a notification during Porkfest. During Porkfest, I don't even remember what I tweeted. It was something like a, random, but during Porkfest, I got a. Um, notifications from twitter that said i was under investigation by the german government (laughs) (laughs) so what fuck off (laughs) yeah um twitter's like on according to german law we are obligated to inform you that the german government has requested the records of your tweets um we have reviewed them and they don't violate our policies we're not deleting them i'm like what the fuck does violate your policies well, there's uh, there's a couple of words that I can't. They violate YouTube's policies. <laughs> I got okay. We're already demonetized on this video, at least, right? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I got I got a a twelve hour right before I went on Josh's show because I yeah. went after one of these one of these losers. I forgot who. I said I just said something like slick to him, and you know, and there you go. So it's it's you know the personal attacks are what'll get you, but if you if you say you know. What you said on Twitter, I guess I guess they don't mind. I don't know. It's arbitrary, huh? I feel like it's completely arbitrary. One of my favorite bands I've ever heard of on Facebook, and I didn't believe it till he showed me his phone. It's like it's right here. This is why they banned me. Uh, he AJ Olding got a three day ban from Facebook for violating the terms and conditions, and the offending post was, "Did you guys know that Hitler was literally a Nazi?" <laughs> i don't know man I, you know it's 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 easy to get into like the conspiracy realm where yeah. there's like there's a bunch of people and they're censoring us but it's a lot more likely that there's just uh, a, a broken computer yes yeah it's just <laughs> shitty did, did you ever read uh you know who mentis molbug is curtis no. yarvin all right he's a, he's like a right-wing reactionary type he but he's very smart and he has this essay called uh techno capitalism and he's describing the future of uh, you know, a guy walks into Starbucks. There's nobody at the at the register. He's got to use the, you know, use the kiosk. It gets his drink wrong. The the straws are are paper. So it's like every every little step of it is just like mediocre technology, new bullshit. You go to the bathroom. The water only gives you enough like three seconds of water. The soap doesn't work. The <laughs> the thing doesn't dispense. Like the toilet doesn't flush. This is what we're living through. I, I think that's the that's a white pill. I think I think we're living through just like really shitty AI. Nobody knows what's going on, and it's picking up. But then there there is some malicious intent. But I I, I don't know. It's it's hard to draw the line where. <laughs> uh, we got a question from Twitch. Dark Sage wants to know our opinions on the New York City mayor's race. I'm gonna be like upfront here, dude. I don't know shit about the New York City's mayor's race. Yeah, uh, put that um, put that back up because yeah, right, right. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans can do well in New York. Damn, that's a long ass tweet. All right, uh, Eric Eric Adams. I think he's a he's a Democrat. Yeah, he's a cop. I'll well, tell you. I the hate truth. him already. Yeah, no, yeah, he's he's a he's a black guy that's a cop that's like pro gun but a Democrat. It's just like the worst of the worst. I 
<laughs> I don't I, I don't care. I'm I'm selling <laughs> I'm selling this house. I'm getting the fuck out of this place. This place is, is miserable. Yeah. You know, I I have it on somewhat good authority from my friend who's run for uh for like city council here that they're they're probably gonna introduce lockdowns again in New York pro- on Monday probably. So uh Jack Posavik yeah. was tweeting that his sources in the White House were telling him that Biden is preparing an announcement for another nation- nationwide lockdown in a couple weeks. Yeah, he he asked on that video, "Can can we do that? Can I can we lock this place down?" He's like, "There's nobody there, Joe. You should know this shit." I don't I don't know. I I don't <laughs> intend to comply anyway. I'm going to do whatever flee move to New Hampshire. I know. I was up there, man. You guys, <laughs> everyone I spoke to, they're like, you got to come down, go yeah. come to the free state project. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at Florida, I'm looking at further South, oh, somewhere warmer. Man. They got yeah. hurricanes. Yeah, I know. I know. But I have, I have family down there and you got kids and family. It's a little bit easier, you know, they got humidity. I, I do well. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> I do well in the heat. <laughs> I don't do well in the cold, man. I was yeah. up there at Pork Fest. It was like 90 in the day and then like 20 at night. I was like, what the fuck is this? I, I, was, I was joking with Martha the other day. She, I'm like, why don't you just come to New Hampshire? She's like, I'm island people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Martha have the same blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, I, I dealing with the winters in New York for 30 yeah. something years is enough for me. I don't want to, when, when I move, I'm not shoveling any more snow and you guys probably get, get pounded up there. Right. So you'd be surprised. Like it's, I've lived in New Hampshire for going on oh shit, five or six years now. Um, we haven't had a snowstorm here. That's like really surprised. Like, Oh wow. It's a lot of snow. Um, when I lived on the Cape in Massachusetts, uh, I remember snowstorms where I'd come home from my National Guard activation. There'd be like six or seven feet of solid fucking ice in my driveway. Jesus. Um, I remember snowstorms that would knock out power for a week at a time on, on Cape Cod. And we'd have to be sending ambulances and Humvees out to get people uh, into hospitals. Um, like that was like course of normal in the winter. And we're up here in New Hampshire. I'm like, oh, fucking two inches. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. But, I think it's something to do with the mountains. It's definitely colder up here. I'm not that much further north. It definitely gets colder, but I, I don't see as much snow as I'm used to living on the shore. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. What do you say? I was born here. It was, it's mild. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know. I, I, I really want to move to somewhere where I can grow like grow crops all year long and just maybe not even wear shoes. So, <laughs> Hey, man, I have... I have worn s- shoes maybe four or five times in the past five years. <laughs> I, I, I am sandals year round. Um, I, I wore shoes a couple weekends ago because we went to a NASCAR race out in Loudon, and we had to park like two miles from the track. I'm like, I, I'm, uh, maybe I'll wear shoes. Afterwards, <laughs> my, I should have just stayed barefoot. It wouldn't. It would have hurt less. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wore shoes at I wore uh, my Converse at Porkfest the first day. And my feet were barking, so I just I put on my Adidas slippers, <laughs> and I'm like walking around with slippers and socks. I'm like, whatever. Half half of these guys are barefoot anyway, so I was barefoot <laughs> the entirety of Porkfest. Like I never there you had go, shoes yeah. on. <laughs> the only reason I wear sandals when I walk around in Manchester is I, I live in a city. It's a shitty city. There's yeah. needles on the ground. Uh, <laughs> if there wasn't yeah. needles and broken glass, I wouldn't. I'd just be barefoot around here too. Yeah, that's that's the way, man. You know, for I did a couple of years of MMA, and people would be surprised. Like, if you uh, 
if you're not used to walking around on your bare feet, it could actually really take a toll on your on your feet. You got to condition yep. that. Yeah, I, I, there was there was some there was a moment up at the Mises tent uh, at Porkfest, and I'm sitting by the fire uh, with Karen Ann. Uh, my friend Josh and a couple people I don't know their names, but I just had my heels up on the fire ring, just resting on the fire ring barefoot. And somebody's freaking out, like, "You're are you you're, you're gonna burn yourself?" They could clearly tell I was an Ebrid. I'm like, "Nah, it's fine, man." Like, <laughs> no, fine. like I'm like I, I got the thickest calluses on my feet in the world. I've I go hiking barefoot. Like this is this is fine for me. Impressive, and they were impressive. losing their mind, and it was like they, they didn't stop by yelling at me, like, You're gonna burn your feet, you're gonna burn your feet, until Tom Woods came over and distracted them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, hope, hopefully, uh, Tom Woods, you know, pulls through this sooner than later. That's uh, it's unfortunate. Well, it's, I mean, it's not the COVID he has, right? Everyone else got the COVID. He's well, yeah, because it's is uh, I don't know, it's been a, what a month or two since, yeah, so it's probably not, but yeah, he's he's pretty sick, so you know. Praying for him. Hopefully, you know, he'll be back on his show pretty soon. It's uh... Yeah, it did surprise me to hear he canceled the show. I mean, he usually powers through that or has someone else do it. Um, yeah, he's got a pneumonia, so he probably – I think he's having trouble breathing. They, they have him on oxygen and stuff. Yeah, can't really yeah. talk, but, eh, you know, yeah. he'll be all right. <laughs> well, Stefan Kinsella will tell him he should have got vaccinated. <laughs> I think Stefan got sick too, though. Right. It's... That that was my funny one. Like Stefan Kinsella was telling everyone up in the meetings, I was like, "Yeah, I got vaccinated. The vaccine is no big deal. Everyone should get vaccinated." Two days after Porkfest, Stefan Kinsella was, "Well, I have the COVID." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. A lot of, a lot of people got. I I didn't get it, and I'm I'm not vaccinated, which I actually could be a big issue for me over here in New York because uh, I don't know if you saw the videos of uh, De Blasio and. And Cuomo now, what they're saying, uh, the Blasio said uh, the, the time for volunteerism is over. Jeez we have to, Christ. yeah, yeah. Look, you got to see this shit. And uh, Cuomo said uh, he's like, we we've got to go door to door. We got to knock on doors and uh, and talk to people and put them in a van and bring them to get the shot. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, what's it? Put me in in a train in a boxcar maybe next. This place right. is. Dude, that L, that LP Kentucky tweet is aging like fine wine. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone was so upset uh, uh, about that tweet, and it's just like every day something new comes out. It's like, remember when y'all were mad? Like, but you thought a gold, you thought a Holocaust comparison was fucking inappropriate. Well, they keep doing Nazi shit. Yeah. You know, the, the, the big issue with this is that like, cause so, so we're keeping track and being consistent, but they don't give a fuck. They're going to, they, they act as if that didn't happen. I'm, I just read a CNN article today about, about like the vaccine. And I mean, like they contradicted themselves like four times just within one paragraph. They don't care. They're not here for telling the truth or, or being, being consistent. And, and we're keeping track of them and keeping track of their lies, but they're just on to the next lie. And, and it, we're, we're reacting to them. I think that's, that's a big issue there. We have to be, we have to make them react to us somehow, which uh, that's a, I don't know. It's a whole other thing. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, advance. Jeremy Coffin was good at getting them to react to us. Uh, yes. <laughs> you you want to talk about branding and bad branding that tweet. Uh, great message, poorly worded, legalized child labor. 
<laughs> How did you think that one was going to go? <laughs> well, I think it went exactly the way you wanted it to, right? People are paying attention. So who knew how we wanted it to go? <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. We'd have to ask him. <laughs> uh, at, at some point, somebody like made a point like, what the hell is the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire doing letting Jeremy Kaufman run the Twitter account when Jeremy Kaufman is scheduled to have a debate at Porkfest when he's <laughs> taking the side against the Libertarian Party? <laughs> hey, he's, he, he put some eyes on you guys. So that's a... Uh, yeah, that's not that's not nothing. I'm a fan of Jeremy. I like <laughs> I, I, Jeremy's a personal friend of mine. I, I yeah. like Jeremy. I play Magic the Gathering with Jeremy. I'm very good friends with his partner Rachel. Uh, their kids are adorable. They're not demons like most kids their age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like that one just like really threw me off. Like, all right, we like, and it wasn't so much that like the goal was to be reactionary and get a lot of attention. He accomplished that. I love that goal. It's honestly, I was upset with just the way he worded the tweet and the topic he chose. Like, child labor is definitely a libertarian issue if you want to post things right about like reducing um, arbitrary limits on what kind of work and when work can be done for kids. Like, why do some businesses have exemptions and others don't? Why is the government picking winners and losers? And why is the government hindering people from the opportunity to provide for their families just because they're 15, 16, 17 years old instead of 18? Um, that is an important discussion to have at some point. I was upset because like, I think the important discussion to have right now is why is the government shutting down every business in the country? Why is the government forcing compliance with an untested vaccine? Why is the government fear-mongering and destroying the economy and destroying people's lives? Well, let's be bold as shit about that right now because it matters and it's immediately impacting everyone you know. Well, then perhaps instead of asking Jeremy Kaufman, we should ask the national LP why they said nothing about it for the first year of lockdowns. I, it would, was... love, I would love to ask the people responsible for that, but they are no longer with the Libertarian <laughs> They moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, that, I, I take 10 Jeremy Kaufmans, even if like, uh, you know, the, the subject matter isn't timely, I'd still, I, I'd still take that over whatever the hell whatever the hell we had in, you know, 2020, it, you know, ah, sure. yeah, what a disaster. I, I it. Like it, it, the, the government, is, <laughs> the government's destroyed the economy. The government shut down the economy. Nobody's allowed to work. They're printing money out the ass and just throwing it at people, telling them not to work. Here's money. Here's money. Here's money. They are literally robbing an entire generation's savings through inflation. What the hell did people who have are trying to retire save all that money for if now it's worth nothing because the government just printed more and threw it out into circulation as a hope to fix the problem. Biden said in his town hall a couple weeks ago that his new multi-trillion dollar spending plan is going to reduce inflation. How? <laughs> well, it's, it makes a lot of sense if you don't think about it at all. Right. You know? uh, um, like the, these are pressing current issues that are fucking important um and i get that like the pride movement and uh gsm rights are important as well but like why can't we find a way to tie that messaging into how the government is destroying everyone's lives right now in front of us oh yeah <laughs> i mean but but that's also like a that was i don't know i feel like i'm not defending 
not not here to defend him, but it was it was a tweet. It was a throwaway tweet that just got tra- got traction. So the, now that I guess the, the better question is no, Jeremy. I'm complaining about national because all national oh, yeah. had to do the whole fucking time was tweet about pride, tweet about inclusion, tweet about Black Lives Matter, all incredibly important things to tweet about, but not a fucking word about the fact that yes, Black Lives Matter. Why is the government destroying the next Black generation's ability to uh, gather wealth? Why yeah. is the government, you want to tweet about Black Lives Matter, tweet about how these bailouts are incentivizing uh, poor economic practices that are going to keep black people poor. Because I don't actually think the government's racist. I think the government is classist. I think the government uses its tools very effectively to oppress poor people and keep poor people down. However, the government very much did used to be racist. And because of decades and generations of racist government policies and financial practices, it turns out the government made black people poor. So now it's still the same people being punished. So you want to tweet about Black Lives Matter, do it. But don't just like virtue signal and say, Black Lives Matter, gay. Black Lives Matter, Stop fucking robbing them. Mm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But it, do you think? Do you think that that we? I guess the. Do you think the Libertarian Party should even be like targeting Black Lives Matter? Because when I look at their their foundation and who runs that corporation, which a lot of these people fall under that banner, they're 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 donating directly to Vote Blue. Act I mean, Blue. yeah, yeah act, act Blue. That that's like so. What what who you who are we talking to? Like, are we? Unfortunately, yeah, I, I agree with you. The the organization, the corporate organization that has stolen the branding for Black Lives Matter, is a horrible socialist organization that is just trying to capitalize on a very important political movement of, of surrounding criminal justice to pour money at the politicians that created the criminal justice problem. Um, however, the people. You, you, the people who are donating to Black Lives Matter, the people who don't see where their money's going, the people who are out protesting and in the marches and actually care about the criminal justice aspect of Black Lives Matter, who care about cops getting away with murder because the badge grants them extra rights, who care about police unions uh, fighting to keep bad cops on the force when they get after they get fired. Those are the people we want to target. And the message they're primed to hear is Black Lives Matter. So if we're not going to use the branding that's accepted and branding that's out there, then we need to come up with something better. Well, th- this is, I mean, it will come full circle. Yeah. We're, this whole, this whole yeah. interview, you invited me on to talk about art and, art culture. and culture. Yeah. So when I, when I went to Florida, I visited my, my uncle and my aunt, and they're very like, they're great people. Some of the greatest people I know, but they're normies. They watch, uh, you know, basic channel, basic, basic shows on like, you know, channel one through 11, the WB or whatever that is. And it's riddled, riddled with corporate propaganda and corporate propaganda falls into Black Lives Matter, uh, gay pride stuff, whatever you can think of. It's all kind of left leaning stuff. So when I talk to them, they're repeating that stuff back to me. We're not going to. Hey, what's up? <laughs> We're not going to change break my microphone. <laughs> We're not. We're not going to change. I. I can't change my uncle's mind because that propaganda is so deeply rooted. Where he'll he'll just go back to, and and he'll think, oh well, the Flash said that this or that, or I don't know, Arrow said in their show this or that. So obviously they must be right because this is what everyone's thinking. It's like that's not that's not what everyone's thinking. This is what they're programming you to think, and and they're they're good at it. So the question is, how do we how do we sway the culture? 
to get more eyes on influential art, meaning art, uh, music, uh, books, TV shows, whatever you're doing, you have to, that, that's what's going to sway the normies. Otherwise, this is a lost cause. You got to go directly to them, though. And, and like, again, I'll circle back to the Black Lives Matter thing. Um, the tweets do nothing. Because you're, you're, the Libertarian Party was tweeting vague truisms about Black Lives Matter. And that gets seen by people and saying, okay, so what? Like, mm. you support this organization? It's garbage. No. The Libertarian Party failed with their Black Lives Matter messaging. There is no doubt about that. Spike Cohen, as an individual, went and spoke to Black Lives Matter protests, Black Lives Matter movements, Black Lives Matter local organizers, and got them on board. Spike Cohen, as an individual, spoke to people where they were at mm. about the issues that were fa- they were being faced with. And Spike Cohen, Richard Gap, and, and there was a huge thing where he was bringing the Boog Boys, the, the, the Boogaloo guys with their Hawaiian shirts and the AR-15s, out to Black Lives Matter protests to provide a buffer and protect the protesters from the police. Yeah. And building those bridges and getting those people together. And that was forming new relationships, forming new communities in bringing the culture to where it was needed. Yeah. I I don't want to, I don't want to trash any of these people, but uh, like a Joe Jorgensen, she might be a nice person, but this is not for you. Spike, Spike Cohen. When I see him, when I see him talking to just about anyone, whether they're like right wing people, right libertarians, left libertarians, left wing people, he's a great communicator. No matter, like, I don't agree with him 100% on everything, but this is what he does. That's what he does good. And I, and, and, and we need to be putting those people to the forefront, you know, rather than, I don't know, party politics or whatever. I, I was in that, that Zoom call for the latest chair vote, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, we need, I, I don't know. The party, the party kind of needs to get its, get its shit together, its priorities straight. Honestly, I think the party should take a step back from the messaging and the branding altogether. You let your candidates, you let your local leaders, and let you, your individuals drive your messaging and drive your branding. One of the problems I had with Josh Smith when he was running for chair is every time he ran for chair, it was on a platform of, I'm going to fix the party's messaging. I'm like, I don't want you to fucking fix it. I want them to just stop. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you something about the party's, the party's messaging because it's something that I was, I've been thinking about when mm-hmm. I – I spoke. I speak with someone like uh, Todd Todd Hagopian or people's like people like that. Uh, it seems like the party, the national, was reaching out to to the left, so Black Lives Matter and and the Democrat voters. But when I'm looking at the right, even though you had a strong Trump movement, and I know that like he's not palatable to a lot of people and and a lot of conservatives aren't, but I'm looking at them being disenfranchised on January sixth. All these people are getting arrested and thrown under the bus, and Trump just said. Not my problem. And he goes to Mar-a-Lago and leaves them high and dry. And and Daddy some loves you. Daddy loves you. See you later. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> but but there's some prominent libertarians who are doing a victory lap on him or kind of saying, like, fuck you to these people. But I'm like, these people are actually disenfranchised. The people on the right. left, they're winning. They're not coming to our team. Uh, well, you know, they're not coming to the libertarian side because they just won the presidency. They won the House and the Senate. I mean, they're winning. They're doing everything they right. want to do. So they're not – it's about power, and they're they're kind of avoiding us. They're not avoiding us, but they're sticking with where they, they see power. Now, instead of pushing away the people on the right, we sh- I, I felt like maybe if the party, like, reached out – like, instead of the Black Lives Matter thing, that was 
you know, that was obviously a good message and it's true, but those people are deep set in there. We should have been reaching out to the people who are now disenfranchised. And instead, I, I still see it where like a lot of people are still kind of shitting on them. We need to we need to make them realize that not only is this this system corrupt, but Trump didn't really give a shit about you. And we're over here with better ideas. I think the problem is the either or mentality. Why are we going to do an either or mentality? Why yeah, well, stop reaching out to the left to reach out to the right? Keep reaching out to the left. Reach out to the right and say you belong here too. Like, we, well, the, the thing is when you when you and and it's it's no fault to anyone who's doing this, but when you tweet Black Lives Matter, that that's a visceral reaction on the right side, you know. And I, even like I, I notice it with my friends. I can you, you can you can tweet that and right away they're starting to get turned off. They'll turn away from you because of what's been tagged along with that saying that phrase or even like like a gay flag, like people right away. Like if you're on the right on leaning on the right and you see a gay flag, a lot of people might think like, you know, Democrat policies. They, they've done such a good job of delineating that. So it's it is hard to, to say, you know, because both of those people on both sides do belong in in our in our movement. A lot of them. A lot of them share our ideals, but it's hard. Uh, how do you reach them? I think a great example of how that worked is uh, it's it's a f- hilarious fucking example. It's a joke. Um, the picture I showed earlier of the kid wearing the bandana over his face that pushed me into traffic that <laughs> was that was at a protest in Boston. Um, myself and a large group of libertarians from New Hampshire, we went down to the British consulate in Cambridge, Massachusetts, to protest outside the British consulate after they had. Uh, taking Julian Assange into custody and we're preparing to extradite him to the U.S. And like, no, fuck this, free Julian Assange. Like, journalism is not a crime. Don't do this. Antifa Boston showed up to counter-protest us, which blew my mind. Uh, mm. uh, and like they they were like doing a bulge like, fuck Julian Assange, free Chelsea Manning. We're like, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <That's-> yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess because Julian Assange released some stuff about, uh, for, like the WikiLeaks released some stuff about Hillary Clinton. So now he's on the right. But, but yeah. years before that, he released the the Iraq War tapes, right? Which, which were against right. George W. Bush. But people don't remember this stuff, like, like the Kentucky tweet. You're, like, it, you're right, Kentucky. Congratulations, you know, LP Kentucky. But I nobody remembers weren't. now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, wish, I, I wish you weren't right, but you were. Yeah, and nobody cares. It's like there's no consistency, man. No, but like spawning out of that, after that protest got a little bit violent, they pushed me into traffic. Cops had to come in and break it up and like escort people away. Um, we get back to New Hampshire, and Andrew Olding, he's sitting there. He's like, I wonder if Antifa New Hampshire is that bad. I'm going to fucking, you know what? I'm going to find Antifa New Hampshire and see if they're that bad. Turns out he could not find any social media anywhere online for Antifa New Hampshire. Hmm. So he's like, you know what? I hate fascism. Fascism is bad. I'm going to reclaim the word Antifa. <laughs> and he started the Twitter and Facebook for Antifa New Hampshire. I started doing their designs. I did like the Antifa flag, but I replaced the red with a Hawaiian print flag. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, just like silly shit like that. And he had a Facebook and Twitter page and he would just post incredibly like ANCAP and anarchist and libertarian shit from there. Um, and it made so many people angry on every side that we had people on the left commenting like, this isn't real Antifa, this is capitalist propaganda, blah, 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 blah. And then people on the right commenting, this isn't real capitalism, you're Antifa, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, you guys realize you're the same, right? Like, yeah. 
like that's it, one of it, my favorite people in this movement and i it was the same kind of because i guess if you can probably tell i kind of lean right as a libertarian but magnus panvidia initially turned me off completely because he's you know he's a mutualist so he's he's i see him out there with antifa and i'm like what the like what's this guy about but the more you listen to him it's exactly what you're describing he's what? yeah he just has i think he has great ideas from all all of these sides and he's able to talk to them so maybe we need to cultivate more people like that or at least keep hey, him out of jail. <laughs> I have found it far easier to talk to people on the left myself because I don't identify as a capitalist. I, I hate the word capitalism. There's too much stigma around capitalism because capitalism, every time I hear a libertarian trying to defend real capitalism, it always like ends with, oh, but that's not real capitalism. When the, like somebody brings up corporate fascism, like we have here in the United States. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just as fucking stupid as that. That's not real communism people. Um, it, well, like, the word, it's not even our word to begin with. It's, it's created by Marx, but it, I think right. I, I have, I have an Ayn Rand uh, lexicon and she, <laughs> I know, you know, I, Ayn Rand's, you know, some people feel this way, but the, the definition of, of how she defines it is, is general. It's just free market. And she has a lot of words in there that have been subverted and confused. And it, I, but then, but then when you're talking to people, you're going to use these words because I, I don't want to sit around and, and define everything for you. Like, well, we won't have a discussion. If we're That's just defining problem. words, you, you can't have a discussion with people if you don't already agree with, on the definitions of the terms you're discussing. So mm -hmm. like when I'm engaging with somebody who's anti-capitalist, anti-free market, I tell them I, I'm not a capitalist. I am a free market agorist and voluntarist. Mm -hmm. Like I don't care what economic system you want to call it. I subscribe to the idea that every economic interaction should be voluntary and based on consent. That's not capitalism as it's currently known today, because the people I'm trying to debate with and the people I'm trying to argue with, what they see as capitalism is what we see as corporate fascism. What we see is corporations owning politicians. Yeah, yeah you'll get into like a 10 minute argument with someone and then you'll say, wait, 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 wait. we agree <laughs> after. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with what you're saying, man. So it's just easier that way. And again, that's a cultural thing. And that's a cultural thing I'm trying to challenge. And I'm not having much luck because everyone I'm trying to convince to stop calling themselves a capitalist is really rooted in calling themselves an anarcho-capitalist. Uh <laughs> I stopped I stopped using I, I mean I used that term when I was kind of new. And now I just yeah. don't I don't define myself really at all with it. If you if you look at my bio, it says lobster. <laughs> Pronouns lob slash sta. Don't, you know, but I, but I suppose if you're going to attribute something to me, it would be free market or even agorist eventually when I get some land, but yeah, it's just voluntary, voluntary interactions with people that, that agree with what you do, what you're doing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at our hour mark, a little over, whatever we do that. Sometimes. <laughs> um, great conversation. This was fucking awesome having you today. Tell people where they can find you, follow you, where they can get your merch, your swag. Uh, yeah, I don't want to undercut you, man. <laughs> we're, we're capitalists. <laughs> yes, we're crony capitalists here. Please, you, you can go to toplobster.com. I've got uh, I've got my merch up there, or you could follow me at toplobster underscore on Twitter, or just toplobster with an A anywhere. And uh, also check out Josh's show. I work hard, and he works hard on that, and we're trying to build that. And it's it's been quite a ride. It's a, it's a lot of fun doing that with him. So yeah, definitely check that out and you know. All right. Well, 
Thank you for joining me today, bud. And um, we're going to have you on again soon. This is fun. I've, I've been reaching out to some other artists. I kind of want to get a round table at some point, a bunch of artists, about brainstorming for the future of Liberty Art. So I'm going to keep you in mind for that when we get that going. That would be awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. As always, big shout out to our guests and our viewers for making this show worth doing. And make sure you check out the links in the description to follow up and learn more. And always, as always, check out our sponsored merch over on snackswag.com. I stream this show to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch live, and everything's uploaded to Odyssey the same day. So make sure you check out our channel on these platforms and help out by liking, following, subscribing, and most of all, sharing the content with your friends. That's all for today. See you guys next time.